Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Show Me The Podcast. As always, I'm joined here by my lovely co-host, Harry. Say hello. They can't see you nodding. <laughs> Just uh, thrown by the lovely. <laughs> yeah, we all are. Um, and this episode, we are happy to say we're going to be discussing Australian cinema. And since we last spoke to you, I have since become an old ball and chain. That's right. I've changed my last name, Harry. <laughs> just out of, you know, wanting to do that. Yeah, I didn't get married. I just got bored. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Lorraine got married. I did. I did. And Harry went to Croatia. I did. <laughs> she had more fun than me. <laughs> I'm only joking. It was a great day. It was a lovely day. It was a great a day. A lovely, lovely day. It was a great day. I did a speech. <laughs> oh God, yeah, you made me cry. And I and then I uh, threw white wine all down her dress. <laughs> oh God, you did, didn't you? Yeah. Sorry about that. That's okay. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Cool. But uh, what was the last episode we did? Oh, remakes. Yeah. I feel like it's been ages since we. It has. We've had a busy uh, September and August. Yeah, because I September. moved as well, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, it's been a really busy time. Oh, when I want to start a job. Did I start a job before it? I don't know. <laughs> Everything just blends into one. Does. you know so um and our friend ray ray's moved back to england which is good shout out so ray we get ray. to see her more ray ray she's probably not listening but hey we'll shout out anyway we'll tell her that we did that so that that way she's gonna have to, yeah 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 okay, she's gonna have to do that but um and uh, oh we went to go to the cinema today we didn't get a chance because you're a piece of shit car that's right I her got... car isn't a piece of shit but, you know. <laughs> it's not don't disperse buzz is my is that what your car's called buzz yeah it's that's yellow okay. and black it's amazing is that because it's like a bumblebee yeah that's really unoriginal. Uh, it's also wicked fast. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, on the way down to uh, do the recording last night, I left work and my car just didn't feel right. And I was like swerving. And so I pulled up and I had a flat tire and I was like, dude, don't, you know, I filled it. I pumped at the tire, but I was like, I'm not sure I could come down. I need to see what's going on here. And this morning we found a giant screw in it. Why did you have to get both of them? Who changed? Did you have two screws? They checked it and they said that the tread on the was other one in. was crap and it was. It was really bad. Yeah, and then I bloody needed a 90 quid battery. We're not having not a much good day long. for cars. Not a good day for cars, is it? Mm. Show me the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, so we've had overall a very, very, very busy few weeks. Um, but yeah, we were going to go to the cinema to say see Black Clansman, but um, we didn't get a chance. But, you know, I'm sure we will at some point because I really want to see that film. I did get to the cinema this week. But no, I mean, to... today. Yeah. I said this saying, week. I, just... I know you did. <laughs> I know you did. Said with bitterness. There is a bit of bitterness in there, if I'm <laughs> honest with you. Is it because I saw what I saw or because I saw Boyd Highbrook? All right, I'm going to say something and you're not going to like it. Oh, don't even bother. There was a picture that came up of him today. And yeah, I was like, yeah, I didn't like it either. Do you know what I'm on about? Mm, the magazine like, cover. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What's going on with his hair? Well, I, I'll be honest with you, you know, he's, he's a nice looking lad and I'm sure he's perfectly lovely, but I just don't get it. Wow. I really don't. Cheese stands alone. I do. We're waiting for pizza, so I just keep looking out the window. <laughs> pizza! <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, sorry to disappoint you, but um, speaking of... I don't of... think we can be friends anymore. That's it. Why? Because of Boyd? Show me the po- podcast is over. Because of Boyd? Mm-hmm. He's like the Yoko Ono <laughs> of Show <laughs> yeah. me the podcast. He broke us up. <laughs> But, uh, what do you, oh, you can tell us what you saw later. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. So, actually, <laughs> you can go right why don't you that. tell us what you saw later? <laughs> yeah. okay. Later can be now. Right, so the recent watches uh, section is what we're getting into now. And what I saw at the cinema this week was The Predator with Boyd Holbrook. 
Who else was in it? Olivia Munn. Who did what Munn? Olivia Munn. Oh, Olivia Munn. Olivia what Munn? And uh, Sterling K. Brown. Okay. Yeah, it was. I mean, it had quite a bit of a dissing, um, but I just thought it was entertaining, and that was enough for me. Yeah, you know, you know when sometimes you know you're not going in for any. Like... Uh, yeah, I, I say that sometimes. I think sometimes when people get annoyed with films, I'm like, some films are just there, just to be watched, not to be thought about. You know, just just yeah. watch it, just for enter- yeah, just for entertainment. Enter- entertainment, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll probably wait until that one comes out on the old. Uh, yeah, I would. Television. Yeah. Um, but one film I think actually uh, we both saw, and we both saw it actually <laughs> was a, a bit of a chick flick called uh, Rough Night with uh, Scott. I don't know why I chose to watch I, you know when sometimes you're flicking through the channels and you're like Bleh, and uh, I just, just like that yeah and I just like <laughs> oh sod it I'll just watch this and uh, it's got Scarlett Johansson in it and they're basically a group of best mates who actually accident- accidentally kill someone and Demi Moore is this weird sex it's just a addict. little bit odd isn't it's it it's really odd I watched it I was ill from work I enjoyed it but just because it was a bit of a background film, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I enjoyed um, Kate. What's her name? The blonde lady in it. Oh. She's an SNL presenter, host. Anyway, she's really yeah. funny. She played an Australian, <laughs> funnily yeah. enough, in it. And um, hello, Siri. <laughs> Did you even touch her? No. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Um, yeah, she uh, she was probably the best thing about yeah. it. I think um, Scarlett Johansson. I was like, why is she making this movie? Because it's not it's exactly the same thing. thing. I thought maybe she just wanted to branch out a bit. Yeah, do something a bit easier than kicking ass all the time in the Marvel. Well, she kind of kicks ass in Rough Night as well. Yeah, but it's not Black Widow level. No. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't great. I wouldn't recommend it. No. Um, I'll go next. Sure. I've seen it about a million times. Um, because Riley loved it for ages, and she had to watch it every day. It was Sing. Okay. And basically it was like this X Factor-esque style, you know. Um, and actually Scarlett Johansson, isn't it? I don't know if she could sing. Oh, really? And she can sing. Really? Yeah, it's a bit of a rocky voice. for You know the way Pink kind of has that kind of husky... Uh... Yeah, she's like that. She's actually a really good singer. Um, Matthew McConaughey's in it, Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Saunders. Koala? Yeah, he's so cute. <laughs> as Matthew McConaughey and as a koala. But yeah, it's just basically this whole kind of um, thing about... You know, these stars go on this, like, talent show. Not a show, but on stage, you know, yeah. for auditions and stuff. You know, Matthew McConaughey's character, the koala, he owns this theatre and it gets destroyed and then he tries to get it back. And Jennifer Saunders is, like, this old star singer and she helps him eventually. It's just, I don't know, it's just a nice little film. It's got great music and the singing in it is actually really good. There's this young lad in it. I don't know who he is. I think he was in The Kingsman. Taron Edgerton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, he's really good in it. And there's a lot of names in this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And a lot of really good singing like Reese Witherspoon's a really good singer she yeah she really she does um she sings firework in this and Taylor Swift's shake it off and it's yeah she's got I mean she's not got the biggest powerful voice in the world but she's actually a really good singer mm. I think she's a good singer she's an she is isn't she she is yeah I think people don't realize that she uh I like unless you've seen walk the line yeah you probably oh, yeah, don't she is you probably really don't good. think of her as um, a singer but yeah but I was really surprised by Scarlett Johansson yeah yeah so this film while it is you know designed for kids easily watch it so if if you're a parent out there and you're looking to stick something on in front of your kids that you will also enjoy mm. this you will cool yep uh, go for it harry so i have been slightly addicted to um a new hbo series that's been shown on sky atlantic called sharp objects i so want to watch that because i seen the other day that someone's in it 
and I can't remember who and I remember thinking I really need to watch that because they're in it um, Amy Adams no I like Trisha her Trisha Clarkson no <laughs> um, who else is in it you tell me about it and I'll, okay. I'll, I'll have a look <laughs> so it's a TV series that's based on the novel by Gillian Flynn and she wrote um, Gone Girl oh I haven't seen that yet it's I keep on putting it off I didn't like it but it's good that kind of thing yeah um anyway it's directed by jean-marc valet who did wild with reese witherspoon and um he did big little lies as well oh will chase will chase luke wheeler from nashville oh yeah he's he's a not a massive part in it i have to say i love him but anyway Um, sorry but (laughs) i think you'd really like it because you're into murder (laughs) (laughs) just you know what the weekends (laughs) a bit more free time in the evenings when Rory's <laughs> gone to bed yeah <laughs> so it's um it's uh based on um well this woman uh, who's played by amy adams uh camille she's a reporter mm. and her boss sends her to her hometown um in oh, i can't remember the state now and anyway, um, he sends her back there because there's been two um there's been a missing girl and then there's another one and he's like, I want Ooh, you to go that and write just about like it. I want to watch, yeah. And she's just like, I don't really want to go back home. I've got bad things going on there. And he's, and but you know, there's something else there. Mm. He's he, he's kind of like a therapy kind of thing. He's trying to get her to go. He's like a dad figure to her. Anyway, she's got a really strange uh, relationship with her mom. And this isn't a spoiler, but throughout at the beginning, it's made clear that her sister died when she was younger, and it's like affected her and her mom uh, and their relationship. And there's a new sister on the scene from a new partner. And, um, yeah, it's it's dark. Um, it? But it's got an excellent soundtrack. And the direction in it is just... I love it. I really like it. And the, the sister, the, youngest, the new younger sister, she is like a leader of these this little girl gang who skate around. And years ago, there was this music video that I watched um, to a song that I really like by Chet Baker called Gold. And you know when you watch something and you're like, that is if if I was in this industry, that is something I'd want to make. You yeah. Know? So music videos, I love them. But he this in this music video, this girl's like following this car in the dark down this road doing like skating moves and stuff. Yeah. And I was reading it up, and Jean-Marc Vallée was heavily uh, influenced by that for these girls as well. And I was like, I knew it, I knew it, I saw it straight away, and I love little things like that. Um, but yeah, highly recommend this series. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna give it a go. So yeah, give it a go. My next one. <laughs> was so bad <laughs> the snowman oh yeah I've heard it it's was bad. so shit I heard it's really bad yeah i can't even bother to talk about it, it was actually <laughs> okay. i was so just dis- especially because michael fassbender was in it and he's such a good actor uh, it's from what i've heard it sounds like it's just like a filler film for him like just to- i think i read i may be wrong so correct me if i am um but i think Basically, they all went on board with this idea and that what was meant to happen didn't happen. Right. Okay. So it just kind of, they just kind of did it and went home. But yeah, it was, no. Bad. Don't, I wouldn't bother. Huh. No. Well, yeah, I won't. <laughs> no, no don't. <laughs> so I watched something that I thought and um, had received really good reviews and I thought it was going to be really uh, an interesting take on um, Disfranchise, hmm. which was Kong Skull Island. And it was a... Uh, it was really pants, to the point really? where I almost turned it off. 
and my partner was just like what is this um it's got really good visuals i'll give it that but the performances and the storyline just you know lame you know yeah. what i mean you know when you're watching something and you're like are they serious like are they really doing this like that's what it was like so don't watch it no yeah i might put it on one day but i won't expect too much okay. i will tell you a good thing to watch though and it was really unexpected that this was good mm. i didn't think it would be at all even though i like these guys um it was from the lonely island guys you know andy andy sandberg who's oh, yeah. in brooklyn 99 yeah pop stars oh i i got like 20 minutes in and turned it off me and dev watched it <laughs> and i thought it was brilliant Oh really? I thought it got so, no. It maybe give it another go because it got so funny. Yeah, I just think that happened in it. And yeah, you need to be in the mood for the Lonely Island guys. Um, I think they're brilliant. I do. I do think I, they're brilliant. Yeah. But I loved this film. I thought it was spectacular. I do, I do like the bit where he's just doing that song and he's like, "I'm not gay." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I thought I was like, "I'm not gay." He must have said that about twenty fucking million times in the film. But yeah, no, definitely, definitely a good one. Do you want me to do my next one when you check that out? No, 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 it's all good. Okay, do your next one then. All right, so really... <laughs> if I must, I mean. <laughs> um, I watched the Netflix The Innocents and... What is that? Is that a film or a TV series? What was that? It was me again, sorry. Oh. Is that oh. a film or a TV? It's a TV series and it's it was a, a Netflix original and I thought it would be along the lines of sort of like um you won't have watched this but the originals which is an american show about like the supernatural um, why wouldn't i've watched it because it's about vampires and shit and you don't do that i do do stuff about vampires. oh well you yeah i think you'd like the originals then anyway um yeah it's it's really well shot very cinematic um and it's got like a moody and interesting concept about like shape-shifting Ooh. um and it's got like this norwegian slash uk vibe to it but it really failed to deliver i think oh. it was a bit of a slow burner and then in the end it was a bit like oh right but i think they're doing that because they wanted a second series okay but at the same time it's like i think a lot of series are failing in that at the moment because they're trying to go for that second that you have to be careful not to make it too boring yeah this is it and it, this was because it's a fine line between we're trying to get a second series and this is actually shit, so we're not going to give you a second series. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So the second series could potentially be amazing, but maybe maybe they need to give a bit more in the first one. Yeah, their cliffhangers just aren't quite... Cliffy enough. This is it, steep. <laughs> That's a technical term. Yeah. Cliffy enough. Yeah. Um, my next one is a documentary, mm-hmm. of course. Um, HBO documentary uh, called Beware the Slender Man. Mm. Um, so Slender Man. Is for... that a movie coming out? Yeah, this actually on the cinema at the moment. I didn't suggest that because I didn't know if you'd go to it. No. No. Okay. <laughs> so um, basically, Beware the Slender Man is um, a story of these two 12-year-old girls who stabbed another girl. They didn't. She didn't die. This is real? Yeah, this is real. Mm. Um, and Slender Man is basically a fictional character. It's one of those creepypasta characters that, you know, you hear all over the internet. He's this, you know, fictional character who's meant to terrorise children as such um so these girls actually got attempt uh, got charged with first degree murder they were underage in wisconsin the law requires that they could be tried as adults and they were and they're serving up to 65 years in prison God. um if they got tried as a uh, tried as a child they would have got out at 18 um so uh yeah it was a really weird thing seeing these two kids in their 
because they were still really young. This is one of those cases where you, you know, you see a lot of documentaries on whether someone was born to kill or not. Yeah. And sometimes I think at that age, if you do it, because they had nice, they didn't necessarily have a bad life. And I sometimes think if you kind of do it at that age, then maybe it's just in you. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's... But those creepypasta internet stories, they're really... I don't know what you mean by well, that. Well, basically, creepypasta is like this... Um, they're like these really like horror, scary stories on the internet that people put on. Um, I think they're anonymous. And um, Slender Man is one of them. Jeff the Killer is another one. And it's just basically, that's where Slender Man comes from. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where someone's seen a fictional character. Yeah, yeah. And they've... You think, you know, they, they listen to it, so to speak. Like, do you know what I mean? And it's not one of those things. I know people will be like, oh, you blame them. No, because the amount of people that have watched it that haven't done anything. Yeah. Um, but luckily, luckily, the girl survived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But she, they did a... Number on it. Yeah. But Slenderman is pretty bloody creepy, though. I must admit. You shouldn't be watching Slenderman if you're under a certain, you know, 16, 18. Wow, well, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, you'll be proud of me. I've actually watched like a, a documentary. It wasn't. I, I don't. I'm not sure if it's a documentary. It was a three part series um, on BBC Two called Extraordinary Rituals, yeah. and um, it basically followed. Uh, <laughs> I stumbled across. Let me give you some background. I stumbled across it because I was like, I'm not going to put friends on in the background. I'm going <laughs> to put something else on, <laughs> and you know, see if I get engaged in it. And I thought, oh, I'll um, watch Mark Commodes. The Secrets of Cinema, you know, get yeah. a bit like of insight for movies. <laughs> anyway, I was just like flicking through iPlay and I was like, oh, and I got completely distracted by this, yeah. but I'm glad I did. Um, so it's a three part series that explores the um, different rituals uh, conducted around the world uh, that have uh, rituals to do with marriage, birth, death, and so on. And it's so interesting. Um, What's uh, it on BBC Two? BBC well, or iPlayer. Oh. Um, so, for example, one ritual follows this uh, tribe, um, I can't remember what it's, I think it's South America, I'm sorry if it's not, um, and this lad, um, the, 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 the lads of the tribe, they have to go into sort of confinement for like six months and just sort of cleanse themselves, and then they're scarred basically, they are scarred all up their torso and all down their back um, with the face and the back of the head of a crocodile. And it's, they're properly scarred, like they're bleeding heavily. And then after that, once they've had like this crocodile god spirit like um, carved into them, they're a man of the village. It's bizarre. It's so interesting. Can I just say, you poor faces at some of the <laughs> shit that I watch sometimes when it comes to all my serial killer true crime stuff. Yeah, they you don't can, die. You could. It's just. That you know their society. I think it's just interesting. Don't give a shit if it's their society. You don't fucking do that to a person. So from now on, no faces. <laughs> well, that's not going to happen. But anyway, um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, and you should watch it. It's not. I couldn't watch that. You see, really? See, that's the thing. It's like people think that I can handle any sort of thing on on telly because of what I'm interested in. I can't. There's no way I could watch that kind of ritual. I'd be running my I love how you try and look over the pop sock when really you're meant to sort of look. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's always like, this is in my way, you know. <laughs> it's to stop the... Okay, I watched another documentary on Robin Williams. 
come inside my mind film related which is good um it was a bit of an insight into his life and uh, it was really quite sad oh sorry our pizza's out for delivery <laughs> um no it was really quite sad um when you see him but uh there was this one bit in it, it was so funny basically it's critics choice award in 2003 he was up with jack nicholson and diana day lewis and they both won and he didn't win it Aww. and he went up and did a losing speech and it was so funny <laughs> it was so funny and like he's one of those i mean obviously you don't want to lose anyone you know to no. suicide but he's you know he was such a great talent and it was so sad but it's just when you when you watch people talk about him and you know you could see people genuinely loved him and like you one from work and mindy pan camera was a garb or something and it was came on and she was getting upset and all this kind of stuff but um no it's it's definitely worth a watch to get a bit of a insight into his life and he just comes across as just like a really nice sorry i will put my phone on mute um a really nice uh funny um but quite sad guy yeah (laughs) sorry guys you're probably gonna hear a lot of banging and zinging throughout this episode (laughs) no i i i think he's a fascinating character and i was well like a lot of people i was genuinely sad really sad when he yeah yeah. took his life it's because yeah, he was definitely. a dude absolute mm. dude so funny and he did serious really well as well yeah he's just a great actor all around yeah. okay yeah, definitely. i might watch that he did this thing where um someone was telling a story about him what was it oh god it was so basically he went in and did a read with some oh i can't remember what it was now it's gonna drive me mad but he went in and did a read with someone for a film um and they gave him the part oh cubic and junior i was watching cubic and junior and i think I think um, Robin Williams did the read for Jerry Maguire with Cubigan Jr. Um, and he like went all, you know, mental, you know, like over the top for the role. Because you know what his role's like yeah, in that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he got it. Like, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, it was funny. I didn't know that actors did that. They go in and read for a role that they're not taking but they just like they did it as a favor to the director to or something. Give them a... Just say, "Oh, can you come in and just do this read for me?" Oh, that's interesting. I know. I never knew that. Mm. But yeah, that's actually Cuba Gooden Jr. does a good interview with John Bishop on in a conversation with. If you want to check that out, it's yeah, really yeah. interesting. But um, yeah, sorry, I'll go off on a tangent here, but you can. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be really quick with this, but um, it seems that their time is the charm with this particular film, uh, La La Land. Um, Alec and I just I. haven't seen it yet. Oh, the first time I watched it, I was just like, "What?" You watched it three times, though. Three times. Uh, the first time I watched it, I was like, "What is the fuss about this film?" Yeah, it just didn't. I just didn't get it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, and I didn't. And then the second time, I was just like, "Nope, still don't get it." And then I, like uh, last week, I was just like, "Okay, let's try it again." And I did. And Alec watched it with me, and we really loved it. It was absolutely lovely. <laughs> So, yeah, third time's a charm with that one. But, it's really, yeah, I recommend it. I now. really must check it out because I like both of them. Yeah, no, uh, I do. So that's why when I watched it, I was like, oh, I think I really like this. And I yeah. like musicals and stuff, yeah. but it just didn't gel with me. But, yeah, this time it did. So Cool. Yeah. Um, I've been on a serious um, binge for true crime lately. So I'm just going <laughs> to kind of wrap this all in in one yeah, especially like majorly Eileen Warner. So I've been watching so much about her lately. And uh, a new one that I didn't really know much about, Richard Kliklinski, and uh, who I listened to on last podcast on the left, which I've been binging. And then I went onto YouTube to watch his interviews. Interesting character. Check him out. And, um, you know, I watched My Friend Dahmer. Couldn't get through it. 
I oh, really why? Yeah, it was really boring. Ah. It was just boring. Um uh it, this was kind of before he started killing, but you know, he was weird. Like the lead up to it. Yeah. Didn't the director go to school with him? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think so. But um yeah, so it was a bit I just couldn't get through it and like watching things like Interview with Serial Killer. Um I did watch the one on Arthur Shaw or Arthur. Arthur Shawcross. Um he's a really tough watch and a really tough read. Couldn't get through him. Um but yeah, so I've been doing that. So to get away from that. Um, I've been uh, listening to a film podcast called uh, Siams or Siams, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, Sorry, you're in my seat where these lads talk about um, film and stuff. And they're actually really funny. Yeah. So I'd recommend checking them out. I actually chuckled rather loudly. Um, As did I. I've listened to a few. Yeah. No, they're actually really funny. Um, I like the better boy version of us. (laughs) No, we're better. Sorry, sorry. No, no, no. They're uh, actually really funny. So yeah, check them out. But definitely if you're into true crime and all that kind of stuff last podcast on the left but yeah i'm going through a serious true crime serial killer binge at the moment so lorraine's gonna be doing her own serial killer podcast <laughs> i would love to but nobody would do it with no. me well, yeah i'm the wrong person to... yeah i tried to get my partner to do it and he was like no <laughs> like you won't even have to research i'll just tell you what to say <laughs> but yeah if anyone wants to talk about serial killers i'm your gal or killers they don't have to kill more than you know, just one one is fine <laughs> jeez <laughs> Sorry. I've got a last one. Um, actually, I've got a last two, so I'll, I'll wrap them together. So I've been um, loving the BBC lately. Um, getting, you know, my... Um, what is it? When, uh, TV licence. That's it. <laughs> getting that. Making in. use of your TV licence. <laughs> yeah. So I've watched um, The Bodyguard. Um, I'm actually going to watch that because that's meant to be really good. It's not It's not fantastic. Oh, is it not? But it's, okay. it's tense and engaging, which I enjoy. And the first episode... Um, what a zinger into the series it's really really good um, really tense yeah. um, who's in it it's uh, Richard Madden who oh yeah because everyone's kind of kicking up a, a big he's, he's good in it isn't he's it they very make a bit good of a storm it. about it aren't it I heard on a certain podcast today um, that they thought he was overacting I disagree completely I think he plays the role the, the, the role really well wasn't he um, oh what was his name Stark Rob Stark. Rob Stark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Keely Horse is in it. Um, she's all right. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I recommend that completely. And I can understand why everyone's going crazy over okay. it. It's good viewing. And I also watched, um, started watching Killing Eve as well. You'd probably like that. <laughs> it's about an, an assassin who's obsessed with killing. So, there you go. Might Don't think. act all like... <laughs> you wouldn't. I, I bet you'll like, Google it as soon as we finish. Yeah, probably will. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. My recent watch is over. God, we've done quite a bit, haven't we? Yeah, we've... <laughs> but there has been a bit of a gap, I suppose, between... This is true, because we've had a, uh, a bit of a break. Yeah. So you might have heard us uh, drop the name Peter uh, in this episode a few times already, and uh, that is because this episode is sponsored by Trific. Trific is a brand new advertising platform that offers you the unique opportunity to get your hands on the latest technology, consumer products and experiences for free in exchange for media views. They offer and promote products and services whilst guaranteeing content views and engagement via multiple choice questions. The premise is simple. Select a prize draw, watch a video and answer a relevant question to be in with a chance to win. Nab your additional tickets by sharing the prize draw with your friends and follow on Facebook and Twitter. You can win great prizes every day. We've even cashed in on this today and we've won two free pizzas. So that's what we're waiting on now. <laughs> I'm pretty yum, yum, yum. about this. <laughs> I'm getting hungry. So 
it we know it sounds too good to be true but trust us it's terrific so here we are in the uh cheersies section after our pizza after our pizza <laughs> and it was delicious uh yeah so uh harry i think you should take the lead on this one seeing as it's about you <laughs> it's not about me but we haven't had any um you know written correspondence uh praising us i have to say but i've had um, some verbal feedback on the toy story episode and uh oh, tom hanks episode where we talked about toy story sorry uh, yeah yeah the tom hanks episode and uh, yeah i've had nothing but backlash <laughs> to the point where i was like you know what i just gotta deal with this <laughs> um yeah i got a lot of beef but I, t- to be honest it was expected people just don't understand my toy story reasoning and that's fine no i don't get anymore nobody understands <laughs> also um i had a discussion about sully and um a, a colleague of mine said um that he he liked it and i said and he, he just didn't understand my reasoning and i said i appreciate this telling a true story but so for example we chose it because it was a film in which tom hanks talked Hmm. It's, it's telling a, a story based on facts, isn't it? Yeah. But I wanted to do, and we couldn't find it for free, so uh, I wanted to do Captain Phillips because, for me, that storytelling yeah. was a lot more engaging. It's handheld I camera. still haven't seen it yet. Yeah, so um, maybe that's a discussion further down the line, but that was where I had issue with Sully. It just didn't, it wasn't engaging enough, whereas something like Captain Phillips was. It wasn't the fact that it was the, the, the actual story itself. Yeah. It was the telling of it that I had issue with. So, well, no. I have issue with you have an issue about Clint Eastwood telling a story, but anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, that's it. I just had to say that. Okay, well, uh, so as always, we uh, ask people what they think of, uh, what films they like, dislike, you know, about the topic at hand. So we've uh, picked a few of our best ones. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we've got Hannah who says BMX Bandits, and she's not sure if it is actually her best or worst. I've only seen bits of it, so I couldn't comment on that one. Yeah. Do you like it? I don't remember it, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> it's been such a long time. Mm. Mm. So it has. Um, Emily has said what we do in the shadows, but I'm really sorry, Emily. I think that's a New Zealand film. It's not an Australian movie, so it doesn't particularly count in this. <laughs> it's a good sorry, film, Emily. <laughs> um, I get picky on these things. Okay. You do get picky. Tom Archer. <laughs> Animal Kingdom, Walkabout, Wake in Fright, Mental Book, The Pro- Proposition, Wolf Creek. Can't think of any bad ones off the top of my head. Maybe BMX Bandits. Oh. Now, I just want to say, Wolf Creek, we were considering doing that one. You never know my, what might pop up. I know, but it's just, and you know me, I like my stuff. But um, I just, there's a certain scene in it I just can't handle. I just, I just didn't want to watch it again because... It, it's just, you know, I know who it's meant to be based on and the whole backstory of that, but... I don't know, I've never seen well, it. Well, they, they say it's based on the Australian serial killer, Ivan Millet, but, um, you know, whether that's true or not. But, um, yeah, it's a bit bit too much for me. That's why, because I was going to... I did say to you, didn't you, let's do it. And then I thought, nah, I don't want to watch that again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Animal Kingdom, I've not seen the Australian movie, but I watched the American TV show it's based on. Yeah. And I like it, so... Good. I, I do want to watch 
that movie. So Sally uh, Sherry Brooks uh, is an author that I know. <laughs> uh, check out her books, they're really good. Um, and she has said uh, her favourite is Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Good choice. Yeah. <laughs> it is rightly heralded as a camp classic, but beyond that is part of the canon of road trip movies with mismatched characters learning about each other and going on the proverbial journey. There are some really touching moments too when Benice, an older character, it's Bernadette, isn't it? Bernadette, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. <laughs> when uh, Benice, an older character, comforts Adam as after he's attacked and asks whether suburbia is to keep us in or keep them out. Joyful. Yeah, good choice. Agree. Yeah, definitely good choice. Uh, Dev has picked Romper Stomper. This was a brutal film, loved it unpopular opinion Moulin Rouge is shit Phil has said Strictly Ballroom was fantastic fantastic <laughs> it's great a brilliant story funny and the dancing was amazing mm. dancing is uh, Lucy my worst which is a film we're going to be talking about was The Babadook after the trailer frightened me to death one night I was alone in the dark <laughs> Emmett your brother yeah. Has said, uh, the dish is fantastic and shine also. Oh, so Both of them films so good. <laughs> and Wolf Creek is nasty. Uh, yeah, I agree. We've already said that. <laughs> um, yeah, and our sponsor uh, for this episode, Trific, um, has uh, also given us some great choices for what Australian films they enjoy. And uh, one of them, Shady, has said Moulin Rouge. Right on. Can't disagree with that. And uh, they even let us know what their mama and granny like. So mama <laughs> loves Strictly Ballroom and granny is a Priscilla fan. Uh, agree and Taz on the other hand is all about Mad Max Fury Road which we're going to discuss later yeah, unfortunately boy. sorry Taz <laughs> <laughs> no I like it too. Oh, yeah I, I'm not <laughs> happy <laughs> not happy I'm not happy so yeah so uh, that's what our uh, listeners like so now Harry's going to give us a little breakdown of the old Australian cinema right then I know before we start I'm sorry for uh <laughs> We keep on going into Australian accents and we insult anyone. Sorry, yeah, apologies if we do. It's a great accent. I absolutely We will it. carry on doing it, though, just to let you know. <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen and you can judge us. <laughs> yeah, so Australian cinema. Uh, we're just going to give you a very brief history. Um, but, uh, yeah, it had its beginnings, apparently, in the beginning of the 20th century um, with a film about the Ned Kelly Gang called The Story of the Kelly Gang, um, which was written and directed by a dude called Charles Tate. And it was commercially very successful. So since then, <laughs> and over a century or so, um, the Australian film industry has had its ups and downs, it's safe to say. Um, it's often been referred to as the boom and dust due to its unstable nature. So yeah, it's had years of loads of films being made and a few where very few films were made, uh, unfortunately. So as I said, it's experienced its ups and downs and this was mainly due to production costs issues, distributor issues, perhaps um, I've, re I've read that it was due to some issues to do with the war. Um, oh. Yeah, it's, it's quite um, quite an interesting background, really. Mm. I, I, I highly recommend people looking it up because it's quite, quite uh, an interesting uh, history there. And then, so moving on, the first Australian sound movies, the talkies, or the talkies, the talkies. <laughs> <laughs> the talkies. Uh, were produced in the 1930s and then came along a production company called Cine Sound. So, Cine Sound Productions uh, were known for using the Hollywood model for film production and movie promotion. 
and in the promotion of their leading stars and this kind of led to another boom and then you come to 1955 and you had a film called Jeddah which was directed by another Charles. Did we do that in uni? Do you know I think we did yeah anyway this uh was <laughs> not memorable only, <laughs> not only the first Australian movie to be shot in colour uh, but it was the first to feature uh, an Aboriginal oh. in the lead role and the first to feature at the Cannes Film Festival. Nice. So I've waffled on a bit and I hope it's been of some interest. <laughs> but um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> there are some great and bad um, moments of Australian film cinema. But what we'll be focusing on in this are movies predominantly from the 80s onwards. So the 90s, I'll, st- I'll skip straight to them. So you've got and and they introduced like new stars to the global audience such as Tony Collette, Eric Banner from films such as you know Mira's Wedding, Romper Stomper. You had you know films like Babe, Shine, all this. They came out Shine in the nineties. Shine was so good. Yeah, I wish we had done that one. I couldn't believe I forgot that we didn't. Did we even discuss it? I don't think we did. I've got a confession. Well, I've yeah. never seen it. <gasps> I've heard great things. Do you know what? When I watched Shine, it was when I like started listening to Rachmaninoff and oh I, I love it it's such a great film it's such a great film but yeah if you like classical music um and you're not familiar with Rachmaninoff then take it out so yeah Australian cinema has produced some of our main leading talent we've got Cole Kidman Russell Crowe Kate Blanchett Hugh just, Jackman Hugh Jackman yeah just to name a few uh I just wanted to say that it often seems the case that Amazing Australian actors seem to get a little bit pinched by Hollywood and it's rare that they return to their homeland, which is a bit sad. Yeah, that is a bit sad, but um, now we're going to cheer things up and go on to our film choices. Our first film is a 1986 ding, ding, ding. Peter Feynman. That's not a knife. Ding, That's a knife. Ding, 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 Mick Dundee ding, himself. Ding, Crocodile Dundee. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Just let Harry sing a little bit there. <laughs> it's giving you a nice intro. Dude. So, Harry, yeah. what's this film about? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love this movie. Anyway, okay. So, Crocodile Dundee focuses on uh, Mick Crocodile Dundee. Uh, he's a crocodile hunter and he runs a uh, safari business with his mate, Walt. And uh, he survived various crocodile attacks. And uh, a New York journalist called Sue... Is, uh, interested in this story and wants to do a piece on them so she goes out to the outback and uh, you know does a piece does a piece <laughs> and adventures ensue and he, he comes back to New York with her and further adventures ensue and love and love and yeah. love yeah no I um, I obviously seen this film I remember this film coming out at the cinema and I remember it being yeah I know I'm old no. and I remember being it being like humongous and I watched it and I didn't really enjoy it the first time very first time I see it because I think what it was was it got hyped up so much you expect you know Silence of the Lambs brilliant like do you know what I mean and um you know it wasn't that for me and I was a lot younger then Mm. you know I was young once and um but then I watched it again when I was a bit older and I loved it and uh, then I, wa- I did watch it again for this because it's been so long since I've seen it. I thought I need a little, you know, what? How has it been so long since you've seen it? It's, all, it's like on every year. All the time. I love it. Because well, I'm doing other things. <sighs> but yeah, no, I actually enjoyed it. But I did, I did think it had aged. There was, uh, yeah. It was set in the 80s. 
I think for me, when I was watching it this time, one thing I loved is how, like, what if you've been to New York, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very fast paced, uh, no one's really got much time for anyone type of place. Um, but how he was like the complete opposite. Yeah. I love it. Like when he just pops his head out of that. Um, and shakes hands with the guy yeah. and says, oh, I'll, I'll see you around. <laughs> I'm here for a few weeks. Yeah. it's He's like, he's earnest, isn't he? He's like naive to like intense Western culture. Yeah. Um, but like, he's likable for it. And oh God, yeah. Everybody loves him in it for it, yeah. don't they? Well, he, everyone does. Like in the way he sits in the front, mm. you know, and um, when he's talking to his prostitutes, you know, it's just he, his innocence yes. is very sweet. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But um, Well, some people, like looking back on it, have a bit of beef with that. Um, with his innocence? Not necessarily with his innocence, but with his um, approach to certain things, like with the trans guy and the fact that oh, when that guy oh. reveals he's gay um, after he saved his life. Um, but again, I don't think it's... Uh, maybe not so much in the trans bit but i i tra- uh, but yeah I, I i think it's just it's naivety isn't it and unfortunately you know that's, yeah i think it's not nasty i do i do think um you know i must admit when i seen him grab the guy yeah i was like oh my god He'd like be you know now. He'd be yeah, in jail. yeah yeah you, you can't do that no. but he didn't do it for the reasons to be mad at him if you know what i mean it no. wasn't like Oh, I'll show you type thing. It was just pure like, are you? Do you know what I mean? It was like he was almost checking, but obviously, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? But it, it wasn't done in a malicious way. That's no, what I'm saying. No, it's very yeah, not innocent. But you know, he's from a certain type of culture in the outback yeah. where they're very fresh yeah. with one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was highly inappropriate, but yeah. I I don't. I don't think it, there there was no malice behind it. No, you know, no, but yeah, as, as a mod, as like watching it, like you say, like you say, yeah. um, in terms of that, yeah, it probably hasn't aged that well. Yeah, that yeah, because I definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but I when I seen it, I was shocked. Mm. I was shocked because I'd forgotten about it, and I was actually no. shocked. I was like, oh my god, yeah, did he just do that? Yeah, you know, but yeah, but <laughs> he does it twice, doesn't he? he does yeah, because he does. Party, yeah, but... yeah, but the thing at the party when the guy does it, the guy's like, oh, yeah. you know, I'm in here, <laughs> you know, this type of <laughs> thing. He says something, I can't remember what he says. He's like, Ooh. I can't yeah, remember. yeah, he like, enjoyed it. Yeah, but st- not great, but still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was he nominated for an Oscar for this film? He sure was. Did he win it? I don't think so. No, I don't um, remember winning. So he that we're referring to is Paul Hogan. Mm. He plays the titular character and he was nominated for an Oscar for the best uh, screenplay for this movie. Um, And he claims that he came up with the idea when he had a visit to New York for the first time and was a bit overwhelmed by what he was experiencing. But then this guy called Rob Ansel, who was an Australian who got lost in the outback for a bit, claims that the story was based on him and he wanted some Right, oh. it's a really sad story actually about that guy, but I won't go into it. But yeah, it's a bit of a shame. So who knows? It's a, it's a case with that story where it originated. Oh, I didn't know that. One thing that I didn't know, you might remember, you were around then in a nice way. It's in a nice way. <laughs> that it was. In, mm-hmm. It came out in 1986. It grossed 353 million. No, it was million massive. Do- well, I, yeah, I didn't it know this. It was massive. And uh, it was the second high, highest grossing movie 
of that year bested by Top Gun. So yeah, really no, no, they that. that Top Gun stuff like that. They were massive. Mm. You know, it was yeah, they were huge. I re- I remember the hype with those films, both those films. Well, apparently, it still remains the most commercially successful Australian production. I'd believe that uh, at home in Australia and abroad. I'd believe that. Yeah, no, it was huge. It was so big. Cool. I like so, that. Yeah. So I, I um, I really like. I, I read up on this. Yeah. Um, I did a bit of my research. Mm. And uh, this guy called Steve Spears, he writes an article in the Tampa Bay uh, com about Crocodile Dundee. And he states that for him and, you know, some others, um, the original 80s superhero movie... The original 80s super movie hero coming from uh, before the Tim Burton Batman movies and all that uh, was Crocodile Dundee. And personally, for me... I agree because he was my hero when I was a kid. I wanted to be Crocodile Dundee. No, but I can see why people wanted to be him. Yeah, do you know what I mean? He was like a nice guy. He was cool. He was sociable, but he, he liked tough. his time. Yeah, he was tough. He liked his time in the you know alone. Yeah, but yeah. He was. Uh, he's a dude. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> no, I can see. I can see why you would grow up thinking. You know, I should have probably grown up being wanting to be her to get him, but I wanted to be him. <laughs> to get her (laughs) they married in real life apparently yeah they're divorced now are they but yeah they did marry so we when we were planning this we were talking about the fact that we saw a trailer for a new danny mcbride film about do you know what i thought it was when i first saw it? i thought it was a commercial for australia no it is oh is it that's what i was about to say yeah i was like i i thought oh god this is it's be. not a film. No, it's not a film. It's a massive marketing campaign that came out during hey. the Super Bowl or something for Australia. And there's, um, it's going to be coming out for like months and <laughs> well, months Well, they and months fooled me. No, they didn't me. I was like such a fool going, I don't run this movie. It's stupid. Why are they doing that? And none of the actors involved, Margaret Robbie, Chris Hemsworth, Paul Hogan himself, mm. haven't taken any money for it because it's like mm. advertising for their home country. It's like, I like that. Oh. Mm. No, I thought, because I've seen it, I was like, huh. <laughs> yeah (laughs) something else and you'll have heard me singing as you did the intro but the music in this film is amazing i think uh it's by peter best the score and it just builds great pace throughout the whole thing you get like a bit of like a folky outbacky kind of you know vibe to it in in when they're in the outback at the bush and all that and then when they get to jazzy um new york it's a bit more jazzy (laughs) and i just and then in the end it all comes together in the finale i just just yeah it's a great soundtrack i love it so pete best peter best peter best peter best nice job yeah well even though it's aged, you still feel it's like yeah. No, I think I think I think it is still. I think it has aged. I do think it has aged, but I do still think it's a good film and it's a classic film, and I think it's one that will. It's down to earth. Yeah, and it's easy watching, and um, you know, it's and it's romantic and it's funny. It ticks all the boxes. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's definitely a good film, and I'd recommend it if you haven't seen it. Didn't like it the first time around, but have liked it ever since. So that's actually a lesson. If you don't like something the first time around, like you with La La Land, yeah. definitely give it another go. Yeah. You know, because sometimes you have to be in the right mood or sometimes you, like maybe I was too young for this film at the time. I don't know. But um, yeah, yeah, no, definitely, uh, definitely a good one. And I still love that right when he goes, that's not a knife. That's a knife. That's a knife. <laughs> yes. yes. It's awesome. just classic, isn't it? And there's this yeah. big freaking massive Joanna Dennehy 
Sorry, she's a killer. Sorry. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. There were times when I was a kid and I'd, you know, do the pinky thumb trick on my dog and it wouldn't work but you know <laughs> no, it never worked did it never worked but yeah cool yeah good choice but the next one i have to say is one of the best films ever ever like, oh god it's ever, so ever, ever. freaking good and that's the 1994 directed by pj hogan you gonna tell us what it is Muriel's wedding. <laughs> it's Muriel. Muriel. Yeah, terrible no, Muriel. I absolutely love this film. This film uh, stars uh, uh, Tony Collette, and uh, she's this very socially awkward girl known as Muriel Heslop. She's uh, a bit overweight, um, very plain. Apparently, she put on 20, 30 odd pounds for the role. Oh. Did yeah, you? she put on weight for the role. I was going to say, ever since she's... Yeah, like, any other film you've seen her in, she's a lot, yeah. you know, um, slimmer. And uh, she lives in this small town known as... Which I thought for ages was called Porpoise Pit, but it's actually called Porpoise Spit. <laughs> um, yeah, and, you know, all she ever dreams of really is just being married and she listens to ABBA songs and uh, she's got this group of friends that really are not nice. They're like the pretty girls, but they're... Ugh, they're we horrible. used to call them the hairbrush club. Did you? <laughs> um, yeah, and she's got, you know, she decides then to uh, move away to Sydney and she runs into another outcast, which is uh, Rhonda, played by Rachel Griffiths. And um, yeah, it's just basically about her whole story um, of finding love, but then realising that it's not all about that. It sure ain't. It sure ain't. Oh, but, um, that sounded like I'm, I'm in love, but yeah. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> no, but for her, I think, you know, because that's all she wanted. And yeah. it just like, you know, but I, I think personally for this film, it's all about um, the friendships that you have with your female friends. Hmm. And that kind of wins out in the day, yeah. at the end of the day. But yeah, no, this is a, I love this film and I love the music. And uh, ABBA, isn't it predominantly? Yeah, it's mainly just ABBA. Yeah. Did you like this film? Um, oh, yeah. No, no, I did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it took me years to see it. I have to say, um, I didn't. I wasn't part of the hype when it yeah. first came along. But then I think it was about probably about ten years ago, and I sat down and watched it. And I was like, oh, that's pretty nice. I didn't love it. Oh, I I'd love say, it. But it's um, yeah, it's nice. And I thought Rachel Griffith in it was amazing. Yeah. It's really sad what yeah. happens to her as well. That shocked me. There's a few shocking moments in it. Yeah. You don't see coming. Bit of a... But I feel like films like this and um, like this uh, Strictly Boring and certain English films and stuff like that, I feel like they're more representative of actual real people. Like a lot of American films you've seen, they're kind of very hollywood movie happy ending all the time whereas i feel like these films they aren't like like this one for instance it's not necessarily about as we think it's going to be a big romantic you know girl gets the guy type thing and it's not do you know what i mean yeah and um you know that's you don't get that a lot in american films no it's always about the balance of all yeah realistic yeah and i feel like with these characters you can kind of relate to them more because it's not you know we all know kind of those type of characters. Yeah. Do you know? But, um, no, I... Uh, I... Yeah. You what? <laughs> Something that made me... That stuck out to me recently doing this is... Um, because, spoiler, another film we're going to talk about um, has a similar sort of soundtrack. is like the, the camp classic kind of music with, mm. you know, Love for Abba and 
and all that. And I just, and I, I wonder if that was part of its commercial success is because people secretly love just sort of quirky, happy music that, mm. you know, the, the guilty pleasure music, which is ABBA and that kind of thing is. And, you know, I think that's why people suddenly love this new sort of, well, not new, but the past few years with Mamma Mia and the, those kind of films, it's just like, let's all get together dancing happy, like mm. camp classics and just, yeah, it, it, yeah, I think that's it's an interesting notion. <laughs> one one thing I do, uh, there's an actor in this film, I think his name's Bill Hunter, oh, yeah. he plays her dad. And you see him in a lot of Australian films and like, you, yeah, you know, he's, he's in Strictly Ballroom and Priscilla, which we're going to talk about and he plays quite different roles in them. But uh, in this, he's a bit of a shit. Mm, Do you know what I mean? Man. Yeah. What does he say? Uh, what's the woman's name that he's always having an affair with? What a coincidence. Deirdre? Yeah. Deirdre Chambers. Was it Deirdre? Deirdre? What a coincidence. You know, he keeps running in on her. And the mother. Oh, my God. You feel so Sad, sorry for the mother. Yeah. Don't you? Um, but, yeah, I think this, um, this for me, is... Uh, kind of more real to life about how you know you look for that guy you don't get him but you've always got your mate you know and uh, I love her, the way at the end how you know she goes back for her because you know she's met this this uh, South African guy yeah, to yeah. marry him and stuff like that and he's like you know eventually she's like cops on and realizes that this isn't what she wants and his answer is oh I kind of liked having you about <laughs> like, yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. and that's what every woman wants in a relationship as a guy to go <laughs> I kind of like having you around, <laughs> yeah, you know. It's not the ideal. No, but um, no, I just think this, uh, you know, she starts off as well as kind of like a bit of an ugly duckling, doesn't she? Mm. And she turns into this like, you know, she's an attractive woman, like, do you know what I mean? But they kind of like spruce her up a bit, you know, a bit more confident looking. And then all the gorgeous girls, that one, that's, do you remember that? She goes, oh, I'm beautiful. And she's so unattractive. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But um, was this like the... um. Was Tony Collette quite big before this and Rachel Griffiths big No, I this? think, oh, actor-wise. Yeah. No, I think this, um, I'd never heard of her. I think this was kind of one of those roles that kind of, um, you know, got her, got her known, mm. you know. But, um, and like, you know, she's in a lot of stuff now, like, you know, I suppose recently Hereditary. Yeah. Um, she's done that Wonderlust TV show as well, isn't she? Oh, shit, I haven't seen that. It's about this, um, it's causing a bit of controversy, I think, because it's about this couple who very much love each other but like mm. don't well want to sleep with other people so they do agree to sleep with other people but remain a couple oh. but it's it's comedy yeah but yeah, yeah it sounds funny <laughs> <laughs> so yeah overall i think uh this film is basically one that uh everyone should watch i think it's a great film for men and women so definitely uh definitely give this one a go it's not your traditional rom-com but um you know the girl doesn't get the guy in the end the girl gets the girl <laughs> which is the best way to look at it it's nice yeah all right then let's move on to our third australian movie this is priscilla queen of the desert directed by uh stephen was it stefan stephen stefan elliot 1994 <laughs> i don't know i suppose because got the a-n stephen so, drag queen uh, Anthony, uh, also known as Mitzi, who's played by Hugo Weaving, uh, decides to uh, take a road trip um, to Alice Springs to um, collect his son <laughs> that he had uh, in a 
platonic marriage. Mm. And uh, he invites cross-dresser Adam, uh, also known as Felicia, played by Guy Pearce, and also a transsexual uh, called Bernadette, played by Terence Stamp. Isn't uh, he, the man named Ralph? Was it Ralph? I love that. He's like, and his name's Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> so bitchy. <laughs> I just love the way as well. I'm sorry to just get to it, but when... Terence Stamp kicks the shit out of him as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Anyway, um, <laughs> the three of them travel across the Australian desert in a colourful bus called uh, Priscilla to perform for um, various people, including homophobic locals. All three characters experience challenges and the uh, do- of the dominant stereotype of the Australian man. Yeah, um, this film is kind of one of those films where I think it could have really sank, but I think, uh, yeah, it was a big hit locally and also... Uh, overseas yeah it's interesting it came out just before an american movie um featuring patrick swayze One, came out two, yeah what's it called let me just have a, a quick two, name something wong <laughs> to wong fu thanks for everything judy yeah. neymar Numa. Yeah. yeah it's it's um but yeah it came out before that and quite frankly i think it's a lot better than that film yeah yeah no definitely definitely mm. yeah but yeah this um I think this film deals with uh, a variety of issues, really, with uh, with these three characters. Um, like Bernadette, for instance, she you know gets a lot of hostile reception because um, she was once a man, mm-hmm. obviously. And uh, Mitzi was married with a child he was going to get, and uh, you know while being a performer and drag queen. Um, and uh, then you also have um, Adam, who <laughs> I really don't quite know. <laughs> I think he's a, I think he's the most interesting. Oh, he's so irritating though. He is irritating, but I absolutely love the way they flip that story about him getting molested as yeah. a kid or potentially. But get- how he like he's very like he's jokey about like what whatever. Like he doesn't yeah. you know, when he's saying it I know there's moments, but in general he's very but I suppose that's a coping mechanism, right? Really, yeah, it? it's his coping mechanism. But then you you know, you get that scene where he's he's attacked and yeah. like reality hits home yeah. and I think it's a horrible scene but it's also it's sort of a an interesting moment for him because it's a realisation mm. isn't it that he can't you know be a dick <laughs> you know it's he could be a certain way but you, you've got to understand that it's not everybody's way and you're going to get unfortunately yeah. nasty people out there which is what you know yeah because I, I think whether he was gay or straight if you carry on like that you're mm. gonna get shit mm. do you know what i mean um but yeah it's almost he, like he's looking for trouble yeah oh god yeah he's out to to wind people up yeah you know and unfortunately sometimes some people will walk away but others don't oh my god when they get in that out they go to that small town and they get up in those outfits and they just look ridiculous <laughs> they look absolutely ridiculous i mean could they be more over the top mm. i mean i would love nothing more than to be walking down the street and see that you know what i mean because they looked spectacular but yeah it was just it, such a trend a, a, a contrast yeah 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 but, yeah um i think terence stamp is amazing oh in this movie it's yeah. such a it's such a contrast again to roles he's played before and he just yeah. plays it with such elegance and yet badassness but he does that with um when he's in uh you know because he's zod general zod in Mm. superman 2 
he does that with that as well. Like he's this badass that can do these terrible things, but yes, he's so classy. But he's the same with like that in Far you know? From the Madding Crowd and things. Yeah, as well. he's definitely got a a way about him. Yeah. Like he he, I don't know. He's like someone that like would commands. Um, no, no, definitely does command attention. But I almost feel like as he's gonna fuck you over, he would also almost do it in a polite manner. Yeah, <laughs> because to not do so would be rude. Yeah, do you know that way? But he does. He does <laughs> yeah. that in the seat in the yeah. film, doesn't he? When he's um, when he's protecting Adam, and he like knees that guy in the balls, and then he just like flicks, flicks his, his hair. hair. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So good. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I think um, as well in this film, which is uh, definitely worth a mention, which make he's so different in this film compared to uh, Muriel's Wedding and Strictly Ballroom is a uh, Bill Hunter, and, yeah. who's unfortunately passed away. Um, but he's the kind of, he's the Australian actor that you see him in everything. Mm. Australian. I don't know if he's been, in, I'd have to check that out. I don't know if he's been in anything American no, or English know. or anything like that or um, anywhere else. But, um, and he's actually the very um, uh, accepting yes. one. Like he's this, uh, you know, this mechanic, he's a man's man type thing. But yeah, he he's couldn't a- get less of a shit. And I almost feel like he would, I almost feel like he'd have a relationship with Bernadette. But they were, they were kind no, of. No, I feel like it, they I know she left, but I feel like that could have been something good. Mm. It could have turned into something, yeah, know, something, something good. Nice. Yeah. Do you know um, a few people were up for the role of Bernadette before Terence mm. Stamp? Um, one of them was Tony Curtis. Yeah, but I suppose that was because of his some like it hot days, maybe. Don't know, but uh, and John Cleese and Tim Curry. I could see Tim Curry, but I'm glad Tim Curry, but not John Cleese. I'm sorry, but no. He, I mean, he, John he, Cleese is a funny guy and he's a good actor. Yeah, you know when you see him in, you know, Fish Got Wanda and his Monty Python and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But no, he doesn't have the grace of Terence Stamp because Terence Stamp is a very he's quite a feminine character way about him when you see him in most things. It's like. But I, while being very masculine. Yeah, it's like only he could pull off that line in a feminine yet Terence Stampy way. That's just what this country needs. A cock in a frock on a rock. Yeah. <laughs> he just does yeah. it. And like, it's, it's just exactly. amazing. Um, I did want to say this. I, I read an article about this movie um, written by Luke Buckmaster in the guardian in 2014 and i think he nails it on the head mm. he says this film is viewed as a representation of australian values self-deprecation blunt humor and determination and i think as we have got sort of midway in yeah. this um podcast that that's the case with a lot of the movies we've mm. watched and love and love them for those reasons yeah um so yeah i think he nails that on the head yeah no definitely definitely but a lot of people still haven't seen this movie. Yeah. I think it's I think it's very eye open not eye opening, but if you've watched movies with these actors in, mm. like Guy Pierce yeah. in LA Confidential, as we mentioned earlier, Hugo yeah. Weaving in The Matrix, Terrence Stamp in The Limey and things like that. <laughs> then you watch this, it's just like Yeah. It wasn't not... what you're expecting. No. We were actually talking earlier on about this film and um how, you know, we said to certain people we were doing it and they were like what is it and we showed them and they just they didn't say anything they kind of just gave a bit of a look yeah as if to go hmm. not sure about that one yeah and you know it's kind of like one of those things where I'm like is that because of 
the content of these, you know, drag queens and mm. transsexuals and all this kind of stuff. And I was just like, does that really still bother people? Yeah, I don't, you know, it's just like, I don't think it necessarily meant that it bothered them. I just think it means that some people still aren't, not open to the idea, but just, it's still like a a, a way of a certain culture that they're still just like, not, yeah, not, no, I suppose, you know, you know I, I think, like, to be fair, the people that did it, it wasn't out of malice, it was out of not knowing, not knowing. Yeah. yeah, not knowing, it, it wasn't malicious, it's naivety like, to it, yeah, but I still, I think sometimes for me, I still, it still shocks me when people mm. are like that, because, yeah. Oh, yeah. especially if it's malice, because I'm like, oh, for God, you know, move on, come on, do you know what I mean, but I think, I think, if anything, you should watch a film like that to maybe understand you know and yeah. then it might open your mind up a little bit more mm. you know yeah um but yeah no this film i watched it there recently about two weeks ago actually and um yeah i still enjoyed it and i, yeah, I freaking did. love the music the yeah. music is <laughs> so good again using camp classics yeah. such as abba people yeah. love it yeah no it was just i kind of there's nothing actually about this film that i didn't like I actually like everything about it. Yeah, I love the same. costumes. I love the acting. I love the story. I love the musical. It's just nuts. Mm. It's a batshit crazy film, but it's a brilliant film. So, yeah, I think when we said Sally's quote earlier, um, comment about Australian movie, yeah, she, mm. she, she nailed it on the head. So go back and listen to that. Cause... <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. So, yeah, definitely. If you haven't seen uh, Priscilla's Queen, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, um, do it. And don't don't be scared of it. Just uh, embrace it. Yeah, enjoy. Embrace the music and the <laughs> costumes and go get dressed up. Halloween's coming up. <laughs> well, this might be, you know, Halloween might be over by the time this is out, but still. <laughs> I had to hold back from singing that song. Is it? Who sings that? First day I was afraid. Gloria Gaynor. That's it. Uh, I really wanted to yeah. listen to that. <laughs> but yeah, I could never be a drag queen because there was no way I could get the makeup that good. <laughs> I could not get it done, you know, but they look spectacular. I mean, that's a skill. I'm not being funny, but to do your makeup like that, that's a skill. Yeah. I think Hugo Weaving's um, performance when he's in the makeup mm. is really good as well. His facial expressions mm. are like the best out of the three of them, I think, yeah. when he's performing. I'd like to go to a drag show, actually. Yeah. I'd be curious. Mm. I'd like to go. Maybe we should do that one day. Let's do it. Let's definitely do that. <laughs> I hope they'll share. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, our next film, we're taking a bit of a dark turn. Mm. and going into the world of horror with the 2014 film by Jennifer Kent called The Babadook. <laughs> um, no. No, I'm not proud of you, Harry, if I'm honest with you, because I feel like if you're going to go horror, this is a bit of a cop-out. <laughs> but anyway, for those of you who don't know, The Babadook, um, not The Babadook, as I was calling <laughs> yeah. it, the Babadook. Um, it's basically about this scary book that a young boy called Samuel finds um, called Mr. Mr. Babadook. Um, and he gets his mum to read it. And then he has a complete and utter meltdown. Yeah. Which, you know, it's not it's not a kid for uh, a book for kids. No. I'll just put that out there. It's a cool book. Um, yeah. Like the art. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a supernatural psychological horror. Um, and basically the mother is raising her son alone after her husband was killed in a car accident. 
Um, and the mum, rightly so, is a bit freaked out by this book. Mm. Um, and the boy starts to think the Babadook is real. Um, and yeah, then freaked out. I was talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Babadook. <laughs> and uh, then, you know, things start happening in the house. You've got your strange noises. The door is opening. And of course, Sam blames the Babadook. 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 <laughs> Bubba. Babadook. Um, and um, yeah, so it's basically a story about this book. And all the shit that comes along with a scary book or a doll on a chair or, you know, all these things that kids seem to find. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't enjoy this one. I thought it was good, but I didn't enjoy it. Like I wouldn't watch I it. I enjoyed it the second time around, mm. but not the first time around. I thought, meh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I really, I have to say, I really appreciate the art direction in this. Uh-huh. Um, so it's made uh, by a uh, uh, a female director called uh, Jennifer Kent. It was her directorial debut and um, it was met with a lot of praise. Um, not so much in its home uh, country of Australia, but oh, internationally. No. Oh. Um, she also wrote this and um, apparently sought to tell a story about facing the darkness within ourselves, uh, which... <laughs> we should all do. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I think is the case because it's really sort of an exploration of grief isn't it the fact that she's dealing with the death of her husband guilt yeah um and something else with going back to the art direction kind of things you can see that she was influenced and it also she says (laughs) that she was influenced by sort of 1950s b-grade horror movies um so it's kind of got like this it does have that it does yeah it's got like this theatrical visually interesting style yeah. like the story it was it's kind of cool but that wasn't what good it did it yeah. for me it's like all the greys and like the stage staginess yeah. of it and you know it's almost like watching a play yeah i agree um, with you there 100 percent. so that's what i liked about it i think um as well for me it wasn't um you know it wasn't very formulaic in the sense that you know it, in horror films as in this guy gal comes in and does some you know messes up and all that kind of stuff um it's a bit slower yeah. There's a slow burn to this film. Um, you know, you're you know, you, you don't always get the scare when you think you're gonna get the scare. And um it's not so obvious. Like, do you know what I mean? And mm. the outcome isn't so obvious. It's not your, you know, slasher, someone's gonna die type type thing. No, no. Which is what, you know, we're used to. And we, we want it now. We want the scare now. So it kind of keeps you There's always like on a, your toes. It's it's not quite the resolve that you want is it like with a lot of movies it's like bang they've dealt with it's done but with this and again i think if if it's an exploration of grief you do still live with grief but she's learned to deal with it yeah it's that kind of but i think um as well the relationship with the mom and the son is really sad because it's almost like because she he died when she was in labor wasn't it and Uh, it was was it yeah 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 she was in labor and um uh so i think there's like this resentment to the child because you know it happened when it happened then obviously he would sense that like do you know what I mean so yeah that, that, that's kind of um sad and the house is so like you were saying about the the grays and stuff it's so dark yeah do you know what I mean it's, it's like it's, it's almost like that's that really isn't realistic no but it's, it, it wouldn't to... there was one bit I was watching and she was just like going into her sitting room and it was all dark and gray and I was just like Nobody lives like that unless you don't have any electricity in your house. But like, maybe do you know what I mean? That's a representation of her inner psyche. Well, it is. It's, it's 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 you know the darkness within her of what's mm. you know like with this film you really could get into the whole cycle analysis oh, yeah, yeah. thing of it. Like, do you know what I mean? Something that 
I thought was interesting in this was that it's not like your typical horror movie either in that like, the, the depiction of the monster, the way she did that. It's not... It's not like lazy horror filmmaking, you know, no. like you get those kind of movies. Yeah, she didn't. She refused to use sort of CGI to make him as well, apparently. So he, the, the, the Babadook himself was produced in camera, all that sort of stuff. It wasn't mm. done post and, and mm. you can kind of see that. It's almost like puppetry a little bit yeah. sometimes. Puppetry. But Pu- yeah, I definitely. think that adds that, that element to yeah. it as well. That's good. And yeah. I, it's, it, it, it relates to the whole like the book premise of it as well. Yeah. And I, I like that. I think it's good. She did say Kent, because um, it didn't do well in Australia, as I said. And she said it's it's pretty sad because she says in this magazine, The Cut, that Australians hardly ever get excited about their own stuff. We only tend to love things that once everyone else confirms they're good. Uh, Australian creatives have always had to go overseas to get recognition. And I think that's, it seems to be the case. And I just think that's a bit... I know, because I'm not being... They've come out with some really good films. Yeah. Really good films, and like you know, you were talking about things like Mira's Wedding and Priscilla and stuff like that, and Crocodile Dundee, and we're still talking about them today, mm. you know, because they're so good, you know. So I think yeah. maybe give it's themselves like, a little bit of credit. Yeah, have some faith in your own. <laughs> you know, work. but I see, I see you've written here that um, of all people to be scared by this film was <laughs> William Friedkin, yeah, <laughs> director of The Exorcist. Yeah, no, I know. Apparently, he said uh, it scared the hell out of him. Um, it's uh, oh, so somebody said, yeah, it's one of the scariest movies he's ever seen or something. Well, well I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't myself put it as one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. But it's very, um, it's the noises, you know, the crackle kind of noises they do. They're the things that yeah. get me, like, and they kind of, do you know what I mean? They kind of go through me a little bit, like a chalkboard. Yeah, you know. I think the reason it doesn't scare, me, I mean, it wasn't pleasant, but it didn't scare me. Massively. No, it's not scary, scary. It's not set in a sort of real world you're not sure no. of what the time period is no. like you say the the, the the design set design stuff is sort of very theatrical mm. so there's no, no sort of realism to it for me no so i kind of was taken out of it a bit you can distance reason. yourself yeah. from it yeah. yeah you know that this isn't going to happen yeah it's yeah. very gothic of, oh extremely you know. gothic yeah but um it it's not quite creepy in the sense mm. in a sense that affects me for want of a bit yeah. no because when you see like psychological horror films like you know you get things like you know the shining and science of the lambs those things could happen mm. you know apart from the shower scene and the shining but you know those type of things could happen so you can believe it you know what i mean um but with this yeah obviously well but one thing i did think was really bloody weird was the ending that's what kind of went that they just kind of let him he's in the bloody basement yeah. and she, you know and they say that's because he's still part of her yeah but it's still a bit it's a it's bit not over resolved, the top yeah it's not resolved yeah but actually, then that's, that's what we were saying about grief earlier yeah, and then, like, yeah. you, you learn to actually, deal with that's it that's a good way of looking at it. yeah it's it's nice. never oh, you're welcome dr <laughs> harry um yeah it's never i suppose it's never really gone but um one thing i will which you've written down here LGBT icon? Yeah, I don't get it. Apparently, he he's a yeah. Someone, yeah, too. I I looked into that, and someone said he was gay. So it turned him into what? Yeah, someone wrote that the Babadook was gay. I read that. I'm not saying that that's the case because obviously somebody could have just wrote that, but I read that he was gay, and so therefore it turned him into. I don't know from watching this film how they got that. I mean, maybe he is. I mean, mm. whatever. But I. You know, 
I don't know how you'd guess whether someone was gay or straight. I don't know how you guess whether he was gay or straight. <laughs> I just didn't get it. And I was like... No, I don't see the link, I have to say. No, I think someone just said it and obviously people... They picked up on it. Maybe maybe someone can let us know because yeah, I, know. I, I didn't, um, you know, get it. But um, yeah, I think overall uh, this film it is worth a watch, mm. but it's not... It's not exceptional. No, it's an interest. It's interesting film, but it's an interesting film. But it's very dark. So, be in the you know, mood, be right? in the mood. Mm. You know, yeah. watch it maybe during the day, so that when you finish, you can open the curtains and <laughs> daylight does appear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. On to the next one. Oh God. Yeah. Harry, go on, you do it because I I have so little are you interest. You so that against it. I have so little interest. So the next movie we are discussing is Mad Max Fury Road, directed by George Miller in 2015. Can I get glass wine? Yeah, you have do you need to, another one? to deal with it. Jeez, <laughs> I do. All right then, Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I was trying to sound more excited. You should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, this was directed by George Miller and um, it's the fourth in his franchise, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, this time round though, it doesn't star Mel Gibson and it's filmed uh, a fair few years after the first three. <laughs> it is. And I can't believe that George Miller did Babe and stuff like that. I know. Here he is doing that. I love that. I think that's great. I know, Babe is amazing. No, but I mean, I just love that he's like just <laughs> such different guy. I know. <laughs> um, so... This is set in the uh, post-apocalyptic world of the previous three, um, where basically it takes whatever to survive. Um, And it follows Max as he's captured and taken on a pretty intense um, road race across the desert. (laughs) With a bit of road rage. Yeah, lots of road rage. Bit of road rage. (laughs) Bit of road rage. Bit of road rage. (laughs) My lover. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because he's like strapped, isn't he, to like the front of a bloody... I love the way he said that. She's got her glasses on, ladies and gentlemen, and she's just like, isn't he shaking her head? Isn't he like strapped to the front? I'm sorry, but this... I'm going to get through it. (laughs) Okay, so it takes place in a desert wasteland. Um, Commodities such as water and petrol are hard to come by. And Max is captured. He's on, like, the brink of death, and he's captured by this character called Nux, who's played by Nicholas Holt, who looks completely different. From about a boy. Yeah, to to anything he's ever played. Um, And Nux uh, wants to use uh, Max as, like, a blood bag, basically. Because they're they're kind of mutant-y in this version aren't they um anyway he straps max to um the front of this uh, vehicle because he suddenly part becomes part of a car chase to get uh the character of um furiosa played by charlie's there on and then they uh, yeah they go across the desert and it's just it's intense it's freaking intense it is i saw it the cinema which i think is a big factor for me liking it and you not liking it no <laughs> i feel like with this one i just don't like it really yeah i was so bored I did. but but i will say i'm pointing at harry here like <laughs> give me another finger um <laughs> i will say sometimes with films i have to be in the mood oh, yeah. i mean but i mean 
really have to be in the mood. Like yeah. with films like No Country for Old Men, There Will Be Blood, you have to be in the mood for Definitely. those films. You know, and maybe to give them the benefit of the doubt, the two times I've seen it, I've just not been in the mood. You've seen this two times? Yeah. Do you know this? Yeah, okay. How many times have you seen it? I'm going to admit I've only seen it once. Right, yeah. <laughs> At the cinema, it's um, when it came out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the type of... I'm not big into these types of films, if I'm honest with you. What do you mean by these types of films? Kind of just... You know, they always feel like end-of-the-world type films. Uh, post-apocalyptic. Yeah, exactly. So, like, like The Road. Oh, do you know? This That's completely different. No, I know, but these types of films are not really my thing mm. you know i just kind of i find them so depressing you yeah, know i uh, really do i know that's did I t- tell you what happened to me um at uni have i told the podcast about this I, in my third year at uni you had to decide to um write about a topic a genre of film uh, or oh, you pick this and at the time like post-apocalyptic drama was big you know you had i am legend coming out children and men the road and i thought and i really like i really like that sort of stuff considering which mm. is a bit strange because i'm quite you know into my light-hearted stuff but yeah i was really into it and what happened harry <laughs> the night i leave things to the grain i have to say i leave it to the last minute and so the, and it, i just find them like my creative juices flow last minute so that's why i do that and what happened harry well i couldn't write it i went into a cesspit of depression <laughs> and i had to go to my lecturer and be like I've got all these notes, I've got some fantastic ideas, but I am a broken woman, as she could see it. And luckily, my notes were coherent and gave. I think, because I was actually chatting about this to someone the other day, funny enough. Um, and uh, I think the reason, not obviously you had all the information you did, but I think one of the main reasons that you actually did end up passing that is because of your previous work. I think if you had been a bit of a shit student who kind of just, waffled her way through and did she wouldn't have done that but she the thing is all through uni you did your work you got good grades so this was obviously (laughs) out of character Mm. do you know what I mean and plus you had the work to say look I haven't I've done something I've not just not bothered you know pretty much written the essay just yeah it just yeah but I I think that um and plus I think Katrina was you know she she was pretty cool like do you know what yeah. I mean and I think she she's not an idiot she could realize what was happening well I'd hope yeah but, no yeah. no well she did because she passed you <sighs> yeah. you know Thank she, you. <laughs> she didn't need to no she didn't. She was a dick she wouldn't have done no, it but you know great. she was great like do you know what I mean but yeah I watched the road that was the last one I watched <sighs> before and it just took that was, but anyway I didn't know you'd watch that so I can understand a bit more because I didn't understand why you did that I just thought you were a bit burnt out I was like no. what's you been so I've dramatic for I've never done anything for? like that before or since nice. but that just happened and it was because i just watched all yeah. these post-apocalyptic movies but, but i do have a thing for them sorry but I... no but see that's you know the look you gave give me when i talk about serial killers yeah that's the look <laughs> i give you when i t- when you say that you like post-apocalyptic because they're just so to me they just seem so final and thing is though depressing and i there's no light at the end of the tunnel no i i i I don't think that's always necessarily true because there is always a light at the end. No, but I just don't feel, I don't know, I just feel like... Not with the road. Do you know what it is as well? It's the fact that when these kind of things happen or, you know, when, um, you know, you get like your riots and, you know... Sorry, that's my hand on the the thing. (laughs) Um, It's the fact of how people do whatever to survive. 
and like, you know, you see it like in The Walking Dead and stuff like that. And they turn into these absolute despicable animals. Whereas if they yeah. were just like, you know, living the everyday Joe life, they wouldn't do these things. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. I think the scary thing for me is when I watch these films is like bad not- things can happen. Do you know what I mean? We could end up in a war or something like that where we're thrown into this situation. And that's what would happen. Mm. And I think that's why I don't like them because I'm like, they're a bit too very unreal, but very real. I think, okay, I agree with that with a lot of post-apocalyptic movies, but I don't with this. I think this is almost almost like it's in a different reality. I, I know it's not meant to be, I know. No, but, but it's still people fucking screwing each other over to get what they want. Yeah. And thinking they have the right to but because yeah. of the situation they're in. Yeah, but that's, I don't think that's necessarily what this film is about. It's more about the high-octane sort of cinematic like action i went deeper you did you took it to a dark place i went to a dark place yeah, I didn't, yeah <laughs> maybe so. that's because of all the true crime <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i didn't i mean i do <laughs> my pop <laughs> my pop suck thank you's dropping it's really annoying um for, yeah because i i i haven't seen the previous mad max stuff so and i i haven't got much of an interest in seeing it even mm following watching this but i saw the trailer for this and i was immediately like that looks amazing looks um, i mean that in the sense of like it's aesthetic aesthetics it looks amazing and it does and like george miller got a lot of praise for the art direction in this movie and i think it's very much deserved the 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 choreography and the putting together no that i agree yeah but that's what i like about this movie no no i agree but like it's like um when I talk about American Psycho, like, I think that film was brilliantly acted. But I think it's shit. What? Yeah, I thought that film was so shit. But yeah, I appreciate... So like, when I watch something like uh, this film here, yeah, I appreciate, you know, all that. But I was just like, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, what does that mean? Like, no, no, what does that mean? No, 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 like, I can see, I can, I can appreciate a film, you know, for like, you said, you know, you like the action, all that kind of stuff, and, or, you know, it just, you know, you said something about the cinematography and all that kind of stuff, but I just, I, I was just, I would have rather watched the making of it almost. Yeah, I get that. Do you know? Yeah, that's fine. I, well, I'm just going to repeat myself, so if I, like go down that road so I'm going to change tack slightly but something that else that I appreciated about this film was it wasn't necessarily even though it's in the title it wasn't necessarily centered on Max and Tom Hardy's character no he was a bit, almost like a bit of a bit character in it yeah. it was more about um Charlize Theron's character Furiosa I thought she was fucking ace excuse my friend I do like Sh- uh Theron, I so. don't like her no I do um, but I thought she's amazing she was, in Monster. Yeah, she's good in it, but I don't particularly like her roles in it. Okay. Anything else? But apart from this, she was a so she was like pin up badass. <laughs> but I yeah, I think I I, I was even in, just on last night. I was even impressed with Nicholas Holt in this. And uh, to end it with the fact that he says, "What a lovely, lovely day." I love that. I always it always gets stuck in my head when it's nice. To- <laughs> He's done well for himself, Nicholas Holt. I must admit. He's a good actor. He is a he good never, actor. He didn't used to be, but he is now. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's going to do a lot of good stuff. Yeah, but um, overall, Mad Max, not a fan. Harry is, but hey, that's what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> so that was it for our uh, 
Australian movies, but we have one more treat for you in the uh, Flashback Film Club. So what are we doing, Lorraine, for that? Ooh, I love this film. Uh, Strictly Ballroom, and it's Baz. Good old Baz. <laughs> Good old Baz. Good yeah. old Bazzy. Um <laughs> God, 1992. Yeah. Um, I know this is Australia, and in theory we should have, uh, of course, Moulin Rouge. But we've done it. Yeah. We can was it films it. that make you cry? No, it's top. Oh, films that's so good you wish you could see yep. them again. Was that episode five? Yes, it was. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we do love that film. Um, and there's actually quite a lot of Australian films that we'd like to have done. But, you know, you kind of have to keep it to a minimum. Um, so, yeah. So we thought for our flashback film club, we'd go Australia and stick with uh, Strictly Ballroom. And I love this film. I just think this film's amazing. It's a nice and, film. Yeah? It's nice. No, I just think it's brilliant. Uh, I kind of like it the way I like Muriel's Wedding. You know, I just think it's amazing. And um, it's basically based on a play that um, Baz Luhrmann and uh, fellow students wrote in uh, 1984. Yeah, so they basically wrote it at drama school. And um, Baz Luhrmann used to be a ballroom dancer, which I did not know. Yeah. And uh, that's where he got the uh, idea. Yeah, so basically this film is about um, an Australian ballroom dancer called Scott Hastings, which is played by Paul Mercurio. And he basically doesn't follow the rules of what steps to use. In ballroom dancing. In ballroom dancing. He kind of has his own um, style. And, Got his own flair. Um, yeah. And Bill Hunter, who is Barry Fife, is basically the head of this um, uh, Australian Federation dance thing, the Pan Pacific Grand Prix dancing. And um, he is so dead set against these moves. His mother, who is a dance teacher, is dead set against these moves. And, um, you know, he's just basically trying to fight his way in to, you know, show that there are other ways to do it. His uh, mother, who, like I said, is a, a teacher and his father is quite a sad character who once danced. So when we see him dancing, it's more of a on his own because he's like the janitor type thing, maintenance yeah. man on his own. And he, too, has all these strange quirks strange dance moves and um yeah so basically his normal partner leaves him because you know she's not going to dance with him until he dances properly and then he ends up with this kind of dirty dancing-esque style dancer of baby and uh he teaches her to dance and of course romance yeah, it's a bit dirty dancing-esque isn't it it is i thought that when i saw it yeah mm. for dirty dancing yeah it's kind of um a bit like in his other movies but in a different way it's kind of got that quirky sort of vibe to it in the way it's shot um mm. i don't think he's used these kind of shots in his follow in the movies that followed but like f- sort of theatrical comical like close-ups yeah like da-da, like spotlight yeah. um sort of shots and and then you've also got the very over the top costumes and yeah, makeup. Yeah, he's big on that. But I think he uses that as a way, like... To differentiate the... And to show their personalities. Yeah. But, yeah, no, definitely. The the costumes are crazy and it's it's quite a cutthroat. Boring. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah like, I, I was, like, going, there's no way it's like that in real life. Oh, I bet it is. To <laughs> agree. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so he gets this um, girl called Fran, who's a bit of a ugly duckling, should we say, and he turns her into, you know, gets her dancing. And, you know, by the end of it, she's this beautiful 
swan <laughs> and this amazing like because they're all kind of like you know in their like bright coloured outfits and she's in like this blood red red yeah dress. flamenco-y kind yeah, of dress isn't yeah it? yeah exactly um and she's happy to do the steps that he wants to do yeah so it changes a tack really towards the end um i think when you when he cuts bill hunter's character cuts the music and it's just like oh he's fucked him over and then the dad mm. just comes out like clapping setting the mm. beat for them and i just go I'm a bit teary with that yeah <laughs> yeah no it's um it's a it's got some great it's like the mother when she some of the stuff they said she's like you know talk, they're talking about how you know he does the different steps and she's like maybe i failed him as a mother like do you know <laughs> what i mean if you're you know if your kid dancing slightly different is you failing as a mother like it's just mm. you know it's oh it's hilarious it really is and but it's uh, it's got those elements that we talked about with the other australian movies as well isn't it like the again the blunt humor the self-deprecation yeah. um yeah. and like the exploration of values and stuff yeah um and i th- yeah it's a good roundup of that whilst also bringing in the dance element which everybody loves <laughs> but yeah i definitely uh watch this one yeah i definitely recommend this one i'd say out of baz Luhrmann's movies it's in the top three yeah obviously moulin rouge and romeo and juliet romeo and juliet yeah and this yeah yeah He's just so different in the way. He's such a great director, isn't he? He's yeah, he's very in, in, in individual, and I I'd wonder if he's had any influence on Edgar Wright's filmmaking because they've got mm. that similar sort of snappy mm. editing style. Mm. Um, yeah, I wonder. Okay, so I think we're done. We've covered Australia, and uh, it was quite an interesting one actually. Maybe we should do that with uh, some other countries. We've got quite a few f- uh, listeners in Denmark. So uh, maybe we can uh, <laughs> take a trip there one day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down for that. And do a little uh, looky French see. French cinema as well. Yeah. Yeah. Be on for anything. Japanese cinema. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, okay. So, Harry, what are you going to watch next? Mm, oh, so freaking excited for this. You know when you watch a trailer and you're just like, Ooh, and then you just become obsessed. Yeah. Um, this has happened. I saw the the trailer for this and then I read the book and now I'm just, I still freaking can't wait. Uh, Hold the Dark. It's a new Netflix original film based Ooh. on a big book by William... Shit. Uh, by <laughs> William Shit. <laughs> Sorry. William... Gibraldi, I think. Sorry, I've got a Gibraldi or something like that. I and, wish his name was William Shit. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I apologise to the author. How much Um, abuse would he have got at school? (laughs) But it's a very good book. Um, And the trailer, check it out. This, I think, it's going to be really good. I hope it's good. So I'm excited for that. What about you? Uh, Well, I haven't uh, started it yet, but it has had a couple of episodes out. But the new season of um, American Horror Story, which actually is called Apocalypse. Mm. Oh, uh, is it? Is it a dystopian kind of thing that you're not going to enjoy? Yeah, I'm going to give it a go because I do love them. Um, it's got all the old cast. Do you know what? I was just thinking about him the other day, actually, uh, Ryan Murphy. And the stuff he does is so fucked up. Is it? It's so weird. I mean, I love it. But yeah, but I'm always, whenever I go to watch American Horror Story, I'm always, I'm scared to watch it before I've seen anything. I ha- Before I've seen a clip, before I've even know what it's about i'm scared to watch it well i have to admit you kind of put me off 
watching any more series after series. I like series. I liked um, the house one. Yeah. First one. But yeah, then you were like Ooh, telling me stuff about the um, asylum. And I was just like, no, no I've weird. watched all of them apart from Hotel because I got freaked out. But I've been told that what I freaked out about doesn't happen again. Giant uh, strap on. And um, <laughs> <laughs> just for anyone that's watching. And I haven't watched Cult, actually. I've watched bits of it, but then I got freaked out by the clowns. Um, mm. So I need to watch that one. But yeah, they're... Um, Tell you who I like, what I would watch those for is Evan Peters. I think he's such oh, he's a good actor. such a good... And he's in all of them. Yeah. He's in all of them. And I think Apocalypse is a Apocalypse is a crossover of Murder House, the first one, and Coven. Oh, they were yeah. like the two best One and three. Yeah. No, the best one for me was Asylum. The second one. The second one, yeah. And Coven's brilliant. And Freak, uh, Freak Show. Was it called Freak Show? Haven't you just listed all of them? Though? Sorry, no. But Rowan, <laughs> yeah, actually, no, I like them all. Um, but yeah, sorry, I'll end up going on about this for ages. So uh, what's your next one, Harry? <laughs> <laughs> I am also very excited about this next movie and the trailer, the first trailer, not the second trailer, blew my mind. And that is Bad Times at the Air Royal. That's one of I mine. know we've mentioned this before. That's one of mine. We mentioned it in episode 10, but again, it hasn't come out yet. Yeah, that's one of mine. Good. I know, I know. I, I, that looks I so good. I just love that. The, you're on about Chris, the Chris Hemsworth yeah, dance. dance. It's just sick. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks amazing. I um, just love the, the singing when she's singing that, this old heart of mine, yeah. that really this old haunting heart way. Of mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just sound just like him. Um, but yeah, no, uh, another one I saw, um, which I completely forgot about, was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's the whole uh, Sharon Tate thing. That's not out for ages, though, no, is it? No, but it's just it popped up. And I didn't realise that. I think it was um, Leonardo DiCaprio and... Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, yeah. Directed by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Starring Margot Robbie. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I know all that. But, you know, <laughs> thinking of the whole Sharon Tate character, I think Margot Robbie is actually really good casting. Really good casting. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Cool. And it'd be nice to see something from Tarantino because I haven't actually. Oh, we should do a Tarantino episode. Hell yeah. Okay, sorry. What was the next one? <laughs> My next one uh, is a simple favor by Paul Feig, um, starring Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick, and it's. I just love the whole marketing of this film. It's, Never heard of it. Um, it's really stylish. The marketing and mm. basically it follows a. Um, a mummy vlogger and she's not well liked apparently and she makes friends with this mysterious well-dressed woman played by Blake Lively called Emily and then they become friends but it's all a bit mysterious and then Emily one day says to um Anna Kendrick's character can you pick up my son Cause and uh it's a simple favor and then she disappears and it's like oh what's happened she takes her son no, no, you don't, you don't, Emily disappears, the mom. Oh, not the son. No, Blake okay. Lively, and so it's about, like, that, and it looks, it looks really good. Just fun, mysterious, but dark. Mm. Um, yeah, so. Okay, so I think we've, uh, gone on enough. We're done. We're done. done this episode. Full done. of pizza, full of beer and wine, and we're ready to end it. We are, but if you haven't had enough of us, there's more. <laughs> Harry, where can we get more of you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey there. <laughs> I'm Tails of Pig. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and WordPress. <laughs> well, that sounds mighty fine, there, young woman. <laughs> I'm mums who win because I's a mama. 
And you can find me on WordPress, Pinterest, Twitter, and Instagram. Really? We should have done this in Australian accents. I know. Uh, Why did we go American and Southern? I think we're just tired. We're really tired. Um, but can I also say, you can also follow us on Show Me The Podcast on yep. Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and all the shit that's out there. <laughs> and um, please go on to iTunes and yeah, give us man. some reviews. If you've got an iPhone, it takes two seconds. You're sat while you're listening to this, you're sat on your hours. Unless you're driving. Don't do it if you're driving. Hit that subscribe button first. Re- yeah. Rate us and review us and Subscri- enjoy us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy us. <laughs> um, okay, and you've been listening to Show Me the Podcast. And thanks for listening. Goodbye, Porpoise Spit. Thank you.